Hey there everyone welcome about to the one touch stocks this is your host Mayuresh Matkar so we've got a lot of stuff to talk today as we had a fantastic weekend of football we will be taking a look at the title race in Italy the top four battle in England and in the Bundesliga the Lewandowski situation and also Manchester City spicing things up in the Premier League title race but we start today from Wembley where we had the FA Cup final between Liverpool and Chelsea which was again decided on penalties So from a neutral perspective I think uh, both the teams Chelsea and Liverpool they played extremely well. I thought we expect these things from uh, these two teams and the expectations were pretty much satisfied as far as I'm concerned. Uh, apart from the finishing from both the teams I thought Liverpool had some really good chances. Luis Diaz in particular should have had a brace and so should Andy Robertson. I think again the second chance was a bit was a bit scratchy because Chaloba got a foot to it but apart from it I thought both the teams played extremely well I thought uh, the defense of both the teams especially Van Dijk and Konate were brilliant and so were Rudiger and uh, Thiago Silva but to be honest uh, I think if Liverpool score their chances they don't really come into the pitch I thought Liverpool just ran off the blocks in the first 20 25 minutes Chelsea were nowhere to be seen I think Luis Diaz two big chances even Naby Keita where he had one big chance where he, where Edouard Mendy was very much on the other side of the goal where he had almost what 60% of the goal to hit 60% of the goal was empty and he could have charged down to that 30% where I think Edouard Mendy couldn't have come it and he was not really able to uh, hit the target there it was a very interesting game to be honest and the more it went in a nil-nil way it was more likely to be good for real madrid if you were watching i think you would really feel that their energy levels they go down and as they go down you have a better chance of winning the champions league again with uh, salah and van dijk and even fabinho to a certain extent these three are the main players for them salah obviously hasn't really been at his usual best in the last one month but he is still Mo Salah and you have to play him he's one of your best players he makes difference with his with with the aura around him and that's why you have to say that he's a big miss they have to go to southampton on uh, today obviously they have to go to southampton and they need to get a result there even so with a very shaken squad with the fatigue and everything they have to play every single game of the season that is available to them and that's a bit crazy to be honest and if you look at the way this game panned out i think with chelsea they they are a bit on the edge now they haven't been good since a long time and this comes to show that the change in ownership has affected them the change in the future of a lot of players has affected them you know people like Marcus Alonso are trying a new experience in Spain and even so with Antonio Rudiger we don't know what's going to happen with Cesar Azpilicueta we all know that Christensen is more likely to be signing up for Barcelona I mean he, Thomas Tuchel has confirmed it so there're no two ways about it we don't know what is going to happen with the likes of Timo Werner who's not getting any game time Christian Pulisic status all around Twitter complaining about his son's playing time at Chelsea We all know how bad the Romelu Lukaku situation has been at uh, at Chelsea, and I I believe if opportunity arises, he would try to get himself out of. Uh, he, he would try and get himself out of Chelsea as soon as possible. I think you have to say that a lot of players are around and 
you know, even Jorginho hasn't sorted his contract situation out. So, you know, a lot of players around in Chelsea are really hanging on with the expectation that what is going to happen. I, I don't really think that they're going to make it to the top four next season. Uh, I don't. I think it's going to be this season in the Champions League, and if they do manage to get into the top four next season, it will be a big, big success for Thomas Tuchel. As far as this game goes, you know, I think uh, the defense was pretty good. I think Thiago Silva and the way he reads the game, and he again he shows us, shows us time and again how good a player he is with his IQ and everything. He he is getting on with his age, and there's no two ways about it. But the way he's defended, even in dire situations, I think you have to question Liverpool's finishing there. But you know, with Thiago Silva in your team, you always have to say that he he is one of your guys who will really bank on giving you the 100% and his 100% is going to be somewhat of the top level and he's shown us again and again he's going to be the next season as well with uh, him going to the World Cup with Chelsea it's something that he wanted to have and maybe this is the last season for him at the top level maybe he'll go back to Brazil and maybe he'll uh, retire altogether but we don't know yet but it's it's a brilliant career that we've seen in front of us, even at PSG, even at Milan, where he was so good in that star-studded team, which last won the Serie A. So it is one of the best things that we're actually witnessing right now, one of the best defenders of the generation, which I grew up watching, you know, still being so, so good. Even Antonio Rudiger, I mean, he was really brilliant in, in that. And I think, again, with these players, I think... With Christensen and even with uh, Rudiger, these two players, I haven't seen them excel much in a back four, but they play really well when they're playing in a back three, and that's something that is going to be a detriment of their success when they go up to Spain. You know, Barcelona are not going to play a back three; they're going to play a four-four-two. And assuming that he's going to be the starter, he's going to play alongside Ronald Araujo. I don't think he's going to play alongside Eric Garcia, but yeah. Obviously, he's if he is going to play around along with Ronald Rauha, Ronald Rauha is someone who has a mistake or two inside him. So I don't know how is he going to cope with it. Even with Rudiger, there's a sense of you know he's not done well when he's played in a back four. Whether it's been with Chelsea or even when it's been with uh, when it's been with Germany lately, they have played a back two, so back four. So yeah, obviously you have to say that these things come 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 into consideration. But Rudiger yesterday was. Uh, outstanding, not yesterday, but on Sunday was outstanding. Uh, I think Mateo Kovacic is such a brilliant player. With I think he does not get the recognition that he deserves. I think he's one of Chelsea's best players around, and whenever he's fit, he just shows how good he is with the ball at his feet. I do believe Mateo Kovacic is he's still got a big move inside him. He's not really uh, outside of possibility that he's not going to get a big contract yet. And if he wants to move outside of Chelsea, he may just try something else. I mean, he's he's got the IQ of of one of the best players in the world, and he shows us that he's as good as anyone with the ball at his feet. Um, he's still twenty eight. He will be uh, he he will be twenty nine in May on the sixth of May. So uh, I think he will be a great asset for any team if they want to add him and he obviously he's got a lot of experience playing at real madrid playing at chelsea even uh, in his time at uh, clubs like inter where he spent what two three seasons there um, 
he he is a camp, he's a experienced campaigner with the clubs uh, with, with with his national team in Croatia. So it's 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 a big thing for him as well. Uh, I think Thomas Tuchel played a very good system of playing it a four three four three four three four two one, which he generally plays. He didn't play. Uh, Havertz was injured, obviously, and so he didn't play him. Werner, I don't know how he did not pick Timo Werner to play in that game. That's really not what I would have thought if I was him. Maybe he's fallen out with his uh, with his manager, Timo Werner, there. But, you know, I think you have to play Timo Werner in a game like this. Uh, I thought Mason Mount had a very good game. You have to... Uh, Consider that penalty miss was one of those things. I mean, he's achieved a lot of big things in his life at Chelsea, even in the Champions League is one of them. So uh, you have to not question that thing of the penalty miss. I mean, obviously it happens. You know, it's not particularly a bad penalty. Just Allison does have a good reach, and he chose the right side. So you're unlucky sometimes. I do think uh, the way Loftus Cheek was. Added into the side as a substitute. I think it was just terrible. I believe you know he should be playing more as a midfielder, maybe as uh, maybe as a right wing back. Sometimes I mean he does the job playing as a right sided midfielder out wide. So yeah, I think uh, in 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 a sense that Loftus Cheek was playing as a centre forward. I have no idea how that came in. Uh, they do have some very good players as well, as I said. Even although, even after all these players die down, I think Havertz is one of them. You have to say Kovacic is one of them if he stays. He's got a contract until twenty twenty four, so I hope he stays. Um, you have to say players. Uh, they. You have to say players like Thiago Silva. And he's got to stay. Since that aspect, quite he certainly seems on the edge. I think he's not in a good space mentally. Uh, with his form as well, you have to say that he's been a lot erratic. Uh, you look at guys like uh, uh, Ben Chilwell who come back, who have Rhys James in the middle. You have Godengolo Kante who will always be at Chelsea uh, next season. Uh, players like Loftus Cheek, Ross Barkley. I mean, I think he will be back. Who will be there? Even Conor Gallagher. Players he someone who he trusts a lot you know uh, uh, in coming back next season a lot of loan is there uh, don't know what's going to happen with the guy tomorrow I think they ha- Milan have got the uh, uh, they have bought him from Chelsea so I don't think he will be there uh, Kurt Zuma and everything I think they have a good squad to pick out next season they might just get in Lewandowski in there uh, if things go right for them Romelu Lukaku I don't think anyone's going to buy him but still he's going to ask for an exit as far as uh, the game goes, I think uh, Lukaku played extremely well. I think he gave uh, Konate and Virgil van Dijk a good game. I, again, think Virgil van Dijk and Konate are just on the other level. Especially, not Konate so much, but with Virgil van Dijk, you have to say that he looks a bit higher than all the other players around him. And even uh, with Joel Matip, when he comes in, you seem to have a sort of calmness around you. So good, Joel Matip. He gets a lot of uh, uh, slack for... Uh, he, he does not get a lot of pr- praise for what he's done over the years at Liverpool, but he's a very, very good player. Uh, I think uh, with uh, Matip, you always have that sort of uh, thing that he is a senior player in the squad, but he does not always have to give you that authority. And when he came on in the extra time, you'd never saw, never thought that Virgil van Dijk was, was not there. You know, always thought that van Dijk 
was somewhere around Matip has just taken that role he's such a good player like that uh, as far as uh, the game goes I think Liverpool's midfield three just roll over uh, Chelsea's midfield two of uh, Jorginho and, uh, and and Mateo Kovacic uh, I think they were having no answers to what they should be doing when uh, Thiago Keita and Henderson went on to them it's if you look at this individually, apart from Thiago Alcantara, you don't think that it's a very good midfield. But again, with Jordan Henderson and his energy, he's done really well to fill up that gap left by uh, Fabinho, who's probably resting out for the Champions League final. Uh, you have to say Thiago Alcantara was extremely good. And again, I think uh, Thomas Tuchel made a very good tactical tweak when he actually asked uh, that midfield four of Chelsea to come a bit narrow and then they got... And that midfield of uh, Liverpool got overrun. I thought they, Chelsea, when they made that a bit narrow, they created a bit chances to create a few chances for the Alonso one, where it was smothered in by Allison. The big chance of Christian Pulisic, where he just slotted that wide, and even uh, in the second half, they created tons of chances, particularly in the first fifteen minutes. So I think they were really, really good in that aspect of the game. I thought that Chelsea. Missed a trick by not scoring as well. You know, Liverpool were erratic in their finishing, but I think they have been erratic in their finishing since the game against Villarreal. You look at the game against Tottenham, they didn't play well, they got a draw, probably should have also lost because of the, with some chances that Tottenham created, the Harry Kane one, the one that Hoiberg hit from range to the post. Uh, obviously, the game against Villa was a bit... Uh, it was a bit questionable where you had... Douglas Luiz getting a goal early on, then you had the scrambling goal of Joel Matip, and then the Mane header, which made it 2-1, then hanging on, they got the job done. I don't think goal difference is going to come in the hand in the Premier League, but obviously uh, have to show character in there. Uh, the Tottenham game is a huge one. I think they had to completely set things aside for this one, and uh, I, I don't think that they played that badly they weren't always onto the uh, Liverpool level which we expect them to be and that's the reason why I think they have suffered these consequences and obviously playing 60 odd games in a season does not help either so uh, I'll have some sympathy with them but not that much uh, if you look at the fixture list for Liverpool after this you have got Southampton away you've got a home game you've got an away game and you've got a neutral game so You've got to go to the St. Mary's. They have to go to the St. Mary's today and beat Southampton to actually give Steven Gerrard a chance to win the league for them. Uh, and obviously, they have to win against Wolves themselves as well. But Steven Gerrard holds the key for Liverpool's fortune for the quadruple. Uh, obviously, you have to say that uh, if West Ham would have won against Manchester City, it would have been a bit easier for Liverpool to say that. You know what? They've beaten Man City. We've got a goal difference now of what six it's now seven so it would have been of six and if we win we level on points so say we won four nil there and we get it to two and then we have a got when we have got the um fortunes in our hands you know we beat man we beat wolves by more goals than what manchester city would beat aston villa and we get the title to ourselves and then the quadruple ours. and that would have been the ideal scenario but they weren't but then you know uh, Manchester City with themselves very close to winning against uh, West Ham we'll get into that a bit later but uh, yeah you know for Ma Liverpool they have to see what their chances are to beat Southampton because uh, they will be resting a lot of players I think they will 
obviously have to play a lot of uh, second stream players but they all have been very very good I think they'll have Alisson in goal maybe Kelleher comes in Alisson's playing every single game since I, I believe it's since the Carabao Cup he's played all the games uh, for Liverpool uh, and he's uh, I think uh, with uh, with Liverpool you have to say that you have to play in the back four play Gomez at right back Matip and Konate as two centre-backs and play Simicas at uh, at left back uh, in the midfield play maybe play James Milner and Naby Keita as your midfield two play a 4-2-3-1 with Firmino as your 10 and have Jota on the left, Origi up front, and maybe play Oxlade Chamberlain, Takumi Minamino, whoever you like as your player wide right. So that might just be my 11 to go through at Southampton. Maybe you have the cavalry as well with Harvey Elliott and all those guys. Maybe play Harvey Elliott instead of Oxlade Chamberlain. I think Oxlade Chamberlain can play better on that right hand side of a front of a midfield three, of attacking midfield three. Uh, I would do that in. Uh, in this game, and see what happens, and then see uh, what are my choice uh, are my choices for the games against Wolves, and we'll we'll get after that. Uh, as far as Chelsea go, the season's over. You know, Christensen's gone, Rudiger's gone. A lot of players are going to leave the club. I see Timo Werner as well leaving the club. I don't think that he's uh, going to get much playing time next season as well. Yeah, if some players leave, you might just get playing time, but not not now and not for the foreseeable future. See him leaving the club, maybe join Borussia Dortmund and have a go at the Bundesliga himself. Uh, that's, I think, it for Liverpool. I think it's very, very, very simple. They have to win against Southampton to get something out of the game at Wolves and give Steven Gerrard a chance to win the league title for them. So a big shout-out to Mark Noble, who was playing the final game of his career at the London Stadium as a West Ham player. Obviously, he's going to retire after the season. He said that publicly at the start of the season, and what a career he's had at West Ham. I mean, you shouldn't be actually measuring it with trophies, but he's earned a lot of respect. He's earned a lot of uh, love from his fans, and that's something which is very, very precious. And he will really hang on to that for the rest of his life. Uh, I see him being back at West Ham at some point in some sort of uh, role in the end. But, you know, what a career he's had. So, a big shout-out to him. By the way, West Ham did give them a really big scare. Manchester City were on the ropes in the half-time. We all knew that there was going to be a response. I think uh, Jack Grealish, very, very lucky to get the connection right. And the ball nestled into the back of the net. Uh, the second goal, a bit unfortunate. Valerie Kufal. I didn't expect that to happen there. But, you know, it happens. You know, it's a mistake. Uh, we'll give a pass to him for that, but what a game, what a finale we've had now, we've, we're going to have now, if provided uh, Liverpool beat Southampton at the St Mary's today, uh, but you know, what a game, what a game we had, Jared Bowen coasting defenders for two times, uh, scoring past Edison to give uh, West Ham a 2-0 lead at halftime, it was just outstanding to watch the atmosphere, it was so electric, uh, Pep Guardiola had his hand uh, on, his, on his bald head and you know, everything was actually crumbling down for Manchester City. I mean, imagine being a Manchester City fan. Uh, by the way, you know, Kevin De Bruyne, he seems to have been spent out now. He's played so well, and even Bernardo Silva. I feel sorry for Bernardo Silva on so many accounts. I mean, he's played so many games this season. I, I, I can't even imagine how much pain he, his body would have endured this season. And hands down, he's been the best player for Manchester City this season. I don't want to hear all the... Uh, uh, Claims about how good uh, Kevin De Bruyne has been and on the goals that uh, Riyad Mahrez has scored. 
he's been outstanding this season. I don't know how much the goal contributions have meant, but he's 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 been tremendous with his pressing, with his imagine with with everything he's done for Manchester City. He's been brilliant. For them, uh, 34 appearances in the Premier League, uh, just missed one Champions League game, uh, three FA Cup ex- uh, appearances. So he's played, what, now 49, 50 games for Manchester City this season and also the games that he's played for Portugal. So many games he's played this season. So, yeah, he's been extremely important for Manchester City. Um, away from that, I think uh, this game, in this game, I thought Riyad Mahrez with that penalty, I mean... Goalkeepers do have a tendency to go that side, and uh, Fabianski do did choose that one. Uh, you look at Edvard Mendy as well when he went to the went to the same side which Fabianski went, but Simikas opened up his body and slotted it the other way. Uh, Maris not really uh, thinking on that sort of level. He slotted that one onto the end that Fabianski was diving. He saved that penalty. It, the game ended two two. May have also ended. 3-2 in the favour of West Ham because uh, Gerard Bowen had a big chance where the ball was deflected away for a corner uh, where, you know, it was a very good made-up move. Solcek just uh, getting the ball with his head onto the feet of Gerard Bowen on the volley. He could have actually headed off, uh, hit it. He hit it with a shin, I think, and that's the reason why he hit the defender. I think it was Laporte. Laporte has been shocking, by the way, and so has been Fernandinho. I mean, obviously, Fernandinho is a defensive midfielder, not a central defender, and that's got to be seen. Now, I think Kyle Walker is uh, rumoured to be back for the Aston Villa game. I don't know how much that uh, really uh, gives uh, Liverpool confidence or even Manchester City confidence, for that matter. Uh, But it was a game where you had to get the job done, and they have got a point. They still have the destiny in their own hands, and... For me, I think if you're neutral, you would love to see Steven Gerrard winning the league for Liverpool. But that's something that I have a hunch that this is the season where we're going to see the quadruple win by Liverpool. I did have a hunch and Liverpool went and drew that game against Tottenham. That too at Anfield. So it was a bit... It it, it was something that I didn't want to see. And I knew that Manchester City are going to slip some point in in, in this run-in because... They had a crippled defence, to be honest, and uh, they have slipped. Uh, they, they have slipped, and if Liverpool would have been perfect, the title would have been theirs to lose. I think now, with everything that's gone now, with all the injuries and all everything, maybe just, and just maybe, Aston Villa get go to the Etihad Stadium and uh, dunk them over. I mean... How good would it feel for players like Philip Coutinho or even uh, players like uh, Danny Ings or most importantly for someone like Steven Gerrard to go out there and win the league for Liverpool, which he hasn't done in his entire career, in his entire life. So it will be brilliant. It will be a very picturesque scene to look at. But I think it's going to be Manchester City win the Premier League. I don't think the neutral in me says that, yeah, you know, we're going to see Liverpool win it and even go win the Champions League as much as it hurts for me to say that, but I do think some of the other way Liverpool will get the job done. But the mind says, obviously, Manchester City, they have got this to lose. Uh, apart from these games, we had a big game at the uh, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in the midweek where we had Arsenal against Tottenham and, uh, Mel- well, uh, Rob Holding decided to make this game all his own and completely... Uh, 
was the was the architect of the downfall of Arsenal and uh, they didn't play really well. I do think one of the yellow cards would have been avoided. The second one was clearly a storm one penalty that Son was uh, impeded there. Uh, Son uh, has been certainly very, very good. And it certainly seems to be his team more than Harry Kane's team right now. And he's obviously he's been superb for them since a lot of seasons. And I think uh, Tottenham have been so grateful that they have seen Son... Uh, as one of the greats uh, of all time. He hasn't won something uh, meaningful there, but yeah, you know, Tottenham and Son, they are just synonymous with each other. As far as uh, the game against uh, against Burnley goes, you know, it was a very uh, dodgy penalty. Again, Tottenham get the job done, 1-0. And the big story was at the St. James's Park yesterday night, and it was a terrible game for Arsenal. They were just outrun on all the field and they were suffering in the first half and I was just glad to see the back of Arsenal going into the hut because that was something that they needed that was the half time that they needed they were just outrun they were outplayed on all aspects in that first half I think the first half from Newcastle was better than the second half they pressed the life out of Arsenal and they were just party poopers for Mikel Arteta's side when they had the destiny in their own hands to play Champions League football last next season they've lost it it's all up to Tottenham. They have to go away at, uh, uh, at 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 Norwich, and they have to win there. And you know, it's again, it's old Spursy if they go there and lose. I mean, they have to just draw to get the uh, Champions League football next season. If they don't, if they, they they will they will have themselves to blame for it. I think Arsenal they have got Everton, which is going to be a very big game again for. For Everton with the relegation scrap and everything, uh, well, we'll have to see how that turns out to be, uh, along with a lot of other things that have happened in uh, in the relegation zone. Leeds United as well, you know, not really been not really been good enough. I don't think they're going to win the last game of their season as well. Uh, do believe Burnley and Leeds are the two teams who have to fight it out for the relegation scrap. Even Everton can really shoot themselves in the foot. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's all in store for us in the final day of the season in the Premier League. The race for the UEFA Champions League was intensifying in Germany as we had two very big games in the Bundesliga. We had Freiburg travelling away to Bayer Leverkusen and also Leipzig travelling away to Armina Bielefeld who are hoping for a miracle to stay up in the German top flight. We had a big turn of events in the 70th minute in Armina Bielefeld's favour as they scored to give a 1-0 lead against RB Leipzig. On the other side, Bayer Leverkusen were leading by a goal to nil against Freiburg at home. Freiburg then equalised and then they were on the cusp of being in the Champions League. They just needed one single goal and the scoreline to stay the same. And in the dying seconds of the game, we had Willy Orban leap up from across of uh, Dominic Sobos lie to give uh, Leipzig the goal which would send them into the Champions League. Armina Bielefeld, they have relegated after two seasons in the Bundesliga. Uh, Freiburg, on the other hand, they were not really fortunate with their own winner because in the end, Lucas Alario's goal which made it 1-0 and, the other, and on the other hand, uh, the goal which was scored, I don't remember who the goal scorer was, but a goal scored by or from a long range when the goalkeeper was, uh, the goalkeeper Flecken was old, already up to actually aid something in the set piece. Uh, 
It was a very interesting uh, situation there in Germany. But the interesting situation has also boiled up in uh, FC Hollywood, which they call it in Bayern, as Robert Lewandowski has asked to leave the uh, German club after, what, nine seasons, scoring so many goals for them. You know, it was a uh, heartfelt goodbye to uh, uh, Bayern Munich, as he said to Scandinavian TV, that it was probably his last game for Bayern Munich. Uh, it's not something that I have, have been comfortable listening to because he still has one year left on his contract. Uh, the Bayern CEO coming in and saying that, no, if he wants to leave, he can leave. Hassan Salahamidzic saying that, you know what, he's got a season left to play. He'll stay with us. Oliver Kahn is always uh, just bumming with his whole different tunes. And I have to be honest with him, I haven't really been impressed with Hassan Salahamidzic and even with Oliver Kahn, especially with Oliver Kahn, who's been so involved in Bayern Munich's history, he's won a Champions League with Bayern, he's won everything that's there to win with Bayern Munich and everything that's come out on the from the news, it's just been terrible to listen and in the end I think you have to say that uh, Bayern Munich, they haven't been good enough this season, they still have won the league and you have to say that it's all down to the failures of the other teams but not because of the greatness of Bayern Munich. And the, and the decisions with, from the boardroom haven't helped at all. You know, you have to say that the situation with Kimmich and Goretzka at the start of the season wasn't really good. And also with uh, the contract situations of Neuer. Neuer, I think, was always going to sign with, with Thomas Muller. They just stretched it out till the end and then all, everything happened where he was uh, pictured with all his old Bayern kit and how loved he was, uh, how, how much he loved Bayern as a... Uh, as a kid uh, when he was uh, a toddler. So, yeah, you know, everything aside, they have to keep the business things aside now. And Bayern Munich, they aren't going to... I think they're in a bit of a trouble now with... Uh, they played a very uh, terrible game of actually luring Erling Haaland to Bayern Munich. That's not going to happen as he's now going to play for Manchester City. Uh, they're not going to have Lewandowski happy for next season, which is a big problem now. It's a big bit, bit, bit of a mess now with Bayern Munich, to be honest. And uh, they are the architects of their own downfall, to be honest. And they, they, they deserve all the criticism that comes down to them. It's all been FC Hollywood as we expect them to be. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been rather disappointing in, in terms of how terrible this all has panned out to be. Uh, I don't see them replacing Robert Lewandowski with a big striker next season. With Patrick Schick, obviously uh, having uh, uh, having a, his move to Bayer Leverkusen, and now he's going to play the Champions League. So I don't see him being replacing Robert Lewandowski and even someone like a Sasakalaidzic. I think he can really be the guy to uh, play for Lewandowski if he moves on. As for Lewandowski, loads of rumors circulating around Barcelona. I don't know how much this makes sense to sell Frankie de Jong and then get in uh, Robert Lewandowski. It's a bit, it's a, it's a bit, it's a bit of a mess now. I do think that Paris Saint Germain could be a better move for him if he decides to go there. I mean, he's kind of the final piece of the puzzle now for any team that he goes on to. Uh, maybe if he he would have been a big piece to uh, fill out at Manchester City because they would have been just 
incredible with him and they're going to be incredible with uh, Erling Haaland as well next season. So uh, we'll have to see what the uh, situation holds on for them. I think that, you know, in, in hindsight, he would have actually thought that Paris Saint-Germain would have been a better move with all the services that he would have got with Messi, Neymar, Di, not Di Maria, but Di Maria is not going to stay with them. Uh, with Messi, Neymar and uh, all these other guys, you know, Verratti, Herrera, if he sticks around, I don't know who are the players they're going to have in. Uh, huge shout out to Idrissa Gay and all the stupidity that he was up to. I mean, I would like to hear his part of the story with the LGBTQ uh, thing that's happened uh, in that game against Montpellier. Uh, but yeah, you know, Lewandowski at PSG makes a lot of sense if Mbappe goes on to play for Real Madrid. Uh, PSG, uh, if not PSG, it also makes sense for him to go to Chelsea and try Premier League if uh, Romelu Lukaku moves on. Lots of things, lots of permutations and combinations, but in the end, I think it's, we are in for a very, very big summer transfer window at Bayern Munich as they need... Actu- if, if you look at Bayern Munich, they need a central striker, obviously. They probably need a centre-back. I, I do think they need two centre-backs. I don't have much confidence in Upamecano. They need someone who can be a starter alongside Lucas Hernandez, who's, who himself is injury-prone. Uh, probably they need a right back. I, I, I think they will be getting in Nusar Mazraoui from uh, Ajax and they will also getting uh, Ryan Gravenberg as a midfielder. So I think they're, they're very, very good. They have got a good chunk of midfielders. Uh, you can have in uh, all those guys. You know, the French guy, I don't remember his name. Uh, they do have uh, Goretzka, Kimmich and uh, uh, Sabitza as your three midfielders. Uh, uh, yeah. Quarantine Tolisso, you know, he can be uh, one guy, you know. Uh, five midfielders, you're set for your season. Gravenberg, you add there. Uh, in, up front, you've got Coman, Zane, Gnabry uh, as your wingers. Stanisic as probably... Oh, not Stanisic, but uh, Musiala and Muller as your number 10s. Good players there. Uh, Chipper Motang, if he's going to stick around, I don't know what the situation is with him. Uh, but if you let Lewandowski go, you have to handle the situation very cutely. And maybe there is no one who can actually replace him. Vidovic is someone who I have seen a lot of in uh, the uh, Bayern U team. He's a very good player. Kalajic, maybe, yeah. I mean, I think Vidovic is the likeliest to be the next big thing in Bayern Munich. Uh, I think he can play a very big role in uh, filling up that that void that is going to be left out by uh, by Lewandowski if he moves on. So we'll see how things pan out for them. You know, for them, it's going to be a big story whenever, wherever they go. They need two centre-backs, one just for the sake of it, to fill up the squad and one to actually start in uh, the big games. I think that that's something that they need. And a big striker, that's, that's all. But we are set in for a big future. And we all know that Bayern Munich don't have that many funds. So... We'll see what happens there. Away from Germany, we now move on to Italy, where we had a big game between Lazio and Juventus yesterday. Nothing to play for, obviously. Lazio are going to play in the Europa League next season, and so uh, Juventus will be playing in the Champions League. Not much to say, but, you know, Juventus played extremely well. Uh, probably deserved a victory. Uh, Vlahovic was very, very good. Ghosting up Mauricic for that first goal. Brilliant skill to do that. And then uh, that goal from Morata was outstanding, actually. A fantastic finish from Alvaro Morata. 
uh, huge kisses for uh, Paolo Dybala when he was moving out of, uh, of, of Juventus. Most probably he's going to join Inter, so it's not going to be very popular with these Juventus fans. Maybe he will join them on, on a very sour note, so we'll have to see how that pans out for Paolo Dybala. And yeah, obviously you have to say uh, Giorgio Chiellini, what a career he's had at Juventus, one of the best players that I've seen in my in, in in the time I was growing up, one of the best defenders, institution of defending. He's not particularly the guy who's better with his feet. Bonucci is much more better with his feet than uh, Chiellini, but Chiellini as a leader, as a defender, as a character in the dressing room, has been so good for Juventus. One of the generational players that, he's, that, that has been available for Juventus, one of the greats that Juventus has seen over the years. Uh, he's probably on the scale of... Uh, uh, the likes of Zidane and uh, Pavel Nedved, uh, Alessandro Del Piero, Gianluigi Buffon. You'll have to say even Chiellini is one of those. And I think if uh, Italy would have qualified for the World Cup, he would have stayed there. He would have stayed there at Juventus for another season and see how, what things might have in store for him. Uh, not for now. Uh, uh, in the end, uh, Sarai Milinkovic-Savic, who might just come to Juventus next season, is uh, scored the equaliser on the probably the last year of the game. Uh, yeah, you know, not a good game for Juventus, but they're going to go to the Champions League next, next season. They're not going to win the title, obviously. So, yeah, you know, all, all's good for them. Uh, and our last home game of the season. We'll see what happens next for them in the transfer market. As far as the title race goes, Milan and Inter, I mean, they're going to fight out for the last day of the season. It's all in the hands of Milan. You know, Sassuolo, they're going to play Sassuolo away at the Città del Tricolor. Uh, the Mape Stadium, which is a very good stadium, by the way. Uh, we had some uh, big games uh, in the uh, Coppa Italia final, the Super Cup final, last two seasons in the uh, in that same stadium. But by the way, Milan are going to play. Uh, it's going to be a bit different for them. They played uh, Atalanta, and Atalanta were very, very good. I think uh, Luis Muriel had a big chance, and even Duvan Zapata had a big chance in that game. You know. Some very uh, controversial decisions. I think Pasina was a bit foul there on that goal from Theo Hernandez, which was a tremendous goal from Theo Hernandez. Outstanding work that he did there. Rafael Leao, everything that he's touching now, he's turning out to be gold. He's scoring goals against Genoa, where the team was in a dooming stage. He scores against Fiorentina at San Siro. So, so a lot of big things that he's done right now with... Uh, uh, with the uh, with the Milan side, he's been very very good. He's very he's kind of nailed down to be uh, called out for the Portuguese national team at the World Cup as well. But he's been that good, so uh, I th I'm looking forward to see him. You know, he's he's going to be in the Champions League again next season. Probably we'll see a lot more of Milan next season, and we'll see how that how things go up for them. Uh, as far as Inter go, they were just smash buckling. Uh, squash buckling uh, to say the least uh, they played really well against uh, uh, who was it I think it was it was Cagliari yeah it was Cagliari there uh, Cagliari went into the lead and then they just opened a can of whoop pass over them uh, not not in the lead but they, when they went into the game they just opened a can of whoop pass uh, Lautaro Martinez was extremely good in that game so so good I've never seen him that playing on that level you know Tremendous, uh, not not just in that game, but over the season, he's just been operating on a completely different level. Uh, even 
Ivan Perisic, who's in un, out of contract, uh, has been attracting attention from a lot of clubs around in uh, the Premier League. Chelsea are trying to lure him to the Premier League as well, so we'll see what happens there. But he's been a wonderful striker, for one wonderful player, I think, for uh, Inter, even in the uh, soup, even in the cup final where Inter won it. He was extremely good. You know, he played a very big part in the extra time, scoring that penalty. I think Perisic's penalty was absolutely brilliant. Much better than uh, the one that was scored by... Uh, who was it? I don't remember who was that first goal. I think, yeah, it was Chalanoglu. And the second penalty, I think it was just absolutely brilliant. The first... Uh, the the one that he scores with his when he controls it with his right and hits it with his left is just incredible. By the way, huge shout out to that cup final. It was a brilliant cup final to be honest, and enjoyed every bit of it in the uh, Stadio Olimpico in Rome. So absolutely brilliant. Good for the Italian game. Uh, as far as now, Inter go. You know they have to win the final game of the season, obviously, and they have to hope that Sassuolo beat uh, Milan. A draw will actually be enough for Milan to go and lift the Scudetto themselves. Uh, we'll have to see what uh, things are uh, are actually going to be in store for us. Uh, uh, that's it for us today. Uh, be sure to check into my uh, Twitter, Instagram account. It's weeklypod underscore ott on Twitter and weeklypod.ott on Instagram. Uh, uh, I'll be hoping to see you all there. It will be a big... Uh, episode when we come back on uh, uh, on on Monday or Tuesday, I think it will be uh, with everything that will be going on in the world of football. We have got uh, the Serie A title race decider. We've also got to go with the Premier League, and also we have the German Cup final between Freiburg and uh, RB Leipzig to discuss. Uh, not much after that, you know. If Norwich bottle, uh, if Norwich beaten Tottenham, we'll also have something else to say to us but until then you know stay safe and check into my podcast in the next one until then cheerio this was your host my Yurish Matkar